we're doing here. This is a dedication part of the service. It's not a christening, nor is it a substitute for a christening. Dedication is simply a declaration by Christian parents that they and their families belong to God. Christian parents desire to acknowledge God in all of their ways and to give thanks to him in his house for the joy of parenthood. So in the presence of other believers, they seek his grace, his guidance, and his wisdom to train their children in the ways of the Lord. And this is, we take this from the Bible, of course, and there's a verse in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, where it says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. All these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So in this act of dedication, we are firstly, we're giving thanks to God, the maker of all things, the giver of all life for the creation and for the birth of Isla. Secondly, we want to make a solemn pro promise as parents, as family, and as a church that relying on God's help and working in partnership together, we will endeavor to bring up this child in the discipline and in the instruction of the Lord. And then thirdly, we pray that God's blessing may rest upon this child, remembering that the Lord Jesus took little children in his arms, blessed them, laying his hands upon them. So first of all, I'm going to speak to, to the parents, to Dan and to Demi, and just to make a declaration before us and before God. <clears throat> so, Dan and Demi, in, the, in presenting this child to the Lord, do you promise to teach her the truths and the duties of the Christian faith, and by prayer and example, to bring her up in the discipline of the Lord? We do. Good, good. And then I'm going to invite Demi and Dan have asked for Carol, for Dylan, for Chris, and for Sally to come and to stand with them. Um, so I invite them to come forward now. We're going to, they're going to make a declaration as well. And they're going to stand before God. In fact, they're making a commitment to love, to teach, to pray for Isla. Um, to, I guess to pray that she will one day come to faith and to know Jesus for herself. But also, actually, we as a church are involved in this as well. So if you're friends, family, members of this church, I want you to stand with, with us as well, because we're going to make a declaration too. And we as members of this church also acknowledge and accept our responsibility in the training and the teaching of this child. And we will pray that she may be led in due time to put her trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of her life. And listen, if you agree with that, just say we do. Excellent. Thank you, guys. So I'm going to take... Can I, can I, can I borrow for a wee second? Watch my glasses. <laughs> so we're going to pray. I sincerely and solemnly dedicate that in body, soul, and spirit, you may ever live to serve the Lord. So let's just pray together. We can pray over... Father, we thank you for this beautiful little girl. Thank you, Lord, for your hand upon her life to this point. Father, we want to pray protection over her. Father, we pray also that one day that she will come to know Jesus for herself as her, as her mom and dad do. 
Father, we just, just dedicate her to you. And Father, we pray just blessing over every step that she takes, that you would walk with her and that she would walk with you. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. And she's so good as well. Brilliant. <laughs> no glasses, nothing, no problems at all. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, wonderful. Beautiful. We're just going to just worship a little bit again, just, just, just maybe another song or two, and then we're going to um, just share something from God's Word. We're going to hear some testimony, some amazing stories from, from both Chris and from Demi of what God has been doing in their life. Um, and then we're going to baptize them. We're going to get them very wet. So uh, that's, the, that's the plan for the rest of our time together. I'm going to just share a little bit just from, from the Bible. Um, we're going to, if you, you look at, you want to find, if you've got a Bible with you, you can turn to it at Psalm 112. And then we're going to have a few testimonies afterwards. Um, but I want to ask you the question this morning, what is it that drives you? What, what, what gets you excited? What do you get excited about? It may be something that you're interested in. It could be football. It could be work. It could be music. It could be cooking. For me, among other things, I guess it's running. And I guess it's good to get excited about some things. In fact, there are benefits in having something that just gets you out of bed in the morning. But this morning, I want to talk about something we've just been singing about, actually, and that is having... That is how the benefits of living with a passion for God, passion for Jesus. I want to read to you the poem that we find in that book of Psalms about a man who not only trusted and feared God, but also desired God and was passionate about the things of God. So in Psalm 112, it talks about the blessings of a godly person and the benefits of actually reproducing the character of God within our lives. And it's an impressive picture of someone who's given themselves over to God and actually who's richly blessed through it and because of it. In fact, this man makes the most outrageous of claims. He says, he was like God. And yet the intention is clear because those who love God, those who follow the word of God, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, will start to become like God in their character, in their desires, in their hopes, in their priorities. So listen, those should be the desires. It should be the hope of every one of us who knows Jesus, who's following the Lord Jesus Christ, but actually probably especially true today for Demi and for Chris as they come forward in a moment to the waters of baptism. So let me read to you the poem, Psalm 112. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his command. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their homes and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They 
will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longing of the wicked will come to nothing. The most powerful yearning in our hearts is met when we give ourselves over to God. See, there's something within us, something within our very souls that sort of cries out to God. This is what this poem is talking about. And in fact, it gives us two principles, two things that most of us, in fact, if not all of us, are longing for. The first is for security. We read that in verse 3, verse 6, and verse 7. Psychologists say that this, the most fundamental need of the human race is for security, for financial, for emotional, and for physical security. In fact, one of the greatest needs that we have is to be loved. Society today is full of broken promises and our streets don't feel that safe. In fact, we feel insecure in our jobs and we worry about our kids and about ourselves. In fact, really all we're looking for is to feel secure. And God has blessed the man in this poem. He's given him money, he's given him riches, he's given him a nice house. But the important thing to note is this, what does he put his trust in? It's not in his money, it's not in his car, and it's not in his house. See, money will not make you feel secure. Wealth is not the answer to all of your worries. He puts his trust firmly in God. This man fears the Lord. He delights in the ways of God. So even if he loses his wealth, it will not shake him. Why? Because he knows that his security is not in his earthly wealth, but in his heavenly riches. There's a verse in the New Testament from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says this. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual gift and blessing in Christ. And my challenge to you this morning is this. Are you investing with God and in his son, Jesus Christ? See, that's what Demi and Dan are publicly declaring today. Sorry, Demi and Chris. I knew he was going to do that. I was sure he was going to do that. Demi and Chris. When my, my daughter... Rosanna was about four years old. She started some swimming lessons. And, and part of the class, part of what this class taught her to do was to try and overcome her fear of jumping into water. So she would stand nervously on the side of the pool and everybody else would jump in before her and then she would take both hands of the instructor and the instructor would just very gradually just lower her into the water barely making a splash. There was hardly a ripple in the pool as she entered the water. And no matter how much I explained to her that it wasn't going to hurt her, she just couldn't understand why she'd want to jump into a pool of water. But here's the strange thing. When we got home, 
she would climb up the stairs, point to the fourth or fifth stair, and then she would say, Daddy, catch me. And then she would fling herself high into the air without any obvious sign of fear, despite knowing that if she hit the ground, it was a hard wooden floor. Now, what was the difference? Well, the thing is, she felt secure. And I know it surprised me as much as it surprises you, but she felt secure. She actually trusted me. And I never dropped her. She didn't see the hard floor. All that she saw was her dad. And as she flies through that air, she knows that her dad is strong enough to catch her, to hold her, and to stop her from falling. And this is a simple picture of what our Heavenly Father does for each and every one of us when we put our trust in Him. And I wonder how often you stand on the edge of a challenge and you feel insecure. You look to the future and it just terrifies you, or you stand in the middle of your circumstances and just feel completely overwhelmed by them. Listen, we spend so much time looking at our problems and all we see is the difficulties and all the time God is standing there and He's saying, jump. Have faith, trust me. And as you step out in faith, it is exhilarating because you begin to fly and you begin to feel the strong hand of your heavenly Father holding you and stopping you from falling. But security in God does not just, it's not just about having a safe and no risk life without any problems. Because being secure in God does not necessarily change your circumstances, though sometimes He does. But often we go through them and it's despite them and it's as we walk through them that we know God is with us every single step of the way. Listen, in Jesus Christ, you find riches, you find security forever. He is our hope. He is our eternal hope. And nothing can change that. Nothing can take that away from us. In fact, in the New Testament, we are told that we should fix our eyes on Jesus. We look to him. We keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But the second big thing that each one of us longs for is for survival. This is verse 2, verse 3, verse 6, and verse 9. One of the biggest drives within us is to survive. Freddie Mercury summed it up beautifully in the song, I want to live forever. And there's something within us that just fights to live. But the Old Testament believers had a very shadowy understanding of what it was uh, of, of, of what it was of life beyond the grave. So the description of survival in this poem is expressed by promises of children and by honor. But in the New Testament, Jesus talks a lot about life after death. He talks about two possible destinations, about heaven and about hell, two very different places. But listen, if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can look to the future, you can look to eternity with absolute confidence to the resurrection and to life beyond the grave. In fact, there's a verse, some verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. It talks about Jesus coming back again, Jesus' return. It says this, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Here's the secret. We shall not all die 
but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in a blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, and when the trumpet sound, those who have died will be raised to life forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is the key phrase. It is through our Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the greatest promises of Scripture, of the Bible, is for those that follow Jesus Christ, who put their trust in him, will have eternal life. They will have eternal security. And every single one of us is created with this hope to live forever. And if you have come to church maybe for the first time today, you may not understand much of what is going on. You may have heard those songs for the very first time that we've been singing, but you can identify with this. Just like Freddie Mercury, there's something inside you that cries out to God. You might not even know it is God. I want to live forever. You see, there are really only two choices that we can make in this life and in the next. Only two ways in which we can live. We can either trust that God's way and that God's provision are our only hope. Or we can reject God and follow our own desires and sort of hope or long or at least think that maybe we'll muddle through somehow in the end and find some sort of fulfillment. The problem is that our choices lead to sin. And sin leads to death and to hell, at least to separation from God. So I want to suggest to you that actually there is only one way in which you can find true fulfillment in this life and the one that is to come, and that is to follow Jesus Christ, to follow God's way. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to God except through me. And Jesus, God's Son, has made a way possible for you to know God. See, when he died on the cross, when he rose again, he took the penalty for your sin. He took your place. In fact, he is the only one who can bring you to God. It is in Jesus that you will find security. It is in Jesus Christ that you will find meaning and significance in life. It is in Jesus that you will find eternal life and all because he loves you. Jesus stepped up to the cross. He gave his life so that you might live forever because of love. So how do we respond to such love? Will we open up our hearts to him, to Jesus? And the first step is to ask God to forgive us. Now, there are many reasons why we may, may want to be forgiven. In fact, many of them may even be quite selfish, but but perhaps the best reason is this. In fact, it's the same reason why I want my wife, Rachel, to forgive me when I upset her. I know you think that's impossible, but it does happen sometimes. I, 
I just don't like the atmosphere. I don't like the tension in the air. I want the smiles. I want the hugs. I don't want her to be angry with me. See, that's all I care about in forgiveness. I want her back. And listen, that is all I care about in God's forgiveness. You get God. Yes, you are forgiven, but you get God on your side. Through trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Demi and Chris, didn't make mistakes second time round. Demi and Chris have made that decision, and in fact, so was Dan, but have made that decision to follow Jesus. Listen, they have realized that they are sinners. And they have come to Jesus, and Jesus has paid the price for their sins when he died upon the cross. They have turned from their sins and have decided to follow Jesus Christ. The Bible calls this repentance. Now, repentance is a big word, but all it means is to turn. It means if you're walking one way away from God and you turn right around and you choose to walk towards Jesus Christ, towards God himself. And from that moment on, you put your trust in Jesus and Jesus comes first in your life. Listen, God wants all of your life. He will not share you with anything or anyone else. God wants men and women who are passionate for him and passionate for the things of God to be willing to say, along with the Apostle Paul, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. That's our security. That's our hope. So what are you passionate about today? Listen, there are lots of good things that we can be passionate about, but none of them will save you or change you. Only God will. Only Jesus will. Listen, if you don't know Jesus today, you can. Listen, it's just a simple prayer of faith. Yes, you need to turn from your sin. You need to ask him to forgive you. You need to make a decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, to put your hope and your trust in him, to make him Lord of your life. But as you pray that prayer, he will fill you with his spirit. He will change your heart. Perhaps you want to come and talk to me about that afterwards, or why not even come and talk to Demi or to Chris. But what we're going to do before we go any further, we want to hear their story, don't we, of what God has been doing in their life. So I'm going to invite Demi, if you're happy to come first. And uh, wonderful. Give her a bit of a clap, maybe, just to give her encouragement. I might have to get someone else to do it. See how you get on. Yeah. I think her voice is a bit bit rough today, so we'll see how she goes. Yeah, we might need need a a stand-in, but uh, we should be fine, hopefully. Can you actually hear me? Before I was a Christian, I made a lot of bad choices. I didn't really understand God, and I didn't really want to know him either. Um, When I was about 14, I was a victim of abuse on a regular basis, and from here I only made worse decisions. I made bad choices when it came to jobs and friends and got messed up in drugs. Obviously, doing things my own way was really not working out for me, Um, and nothing was getting better, and I kept feeling drawn to the church. I started coming to church, and at first it was more a social thing. I just liked talking to people that were a good influence on me. Um, I started to like half-heartedly believe, but I didn't quite understand, and I was at that point where I didn't really want to change yet. Um, at the beginning of last year, I started thinking um, a lot about where my life was going, um, and modelling and my friends and the choices that I was making were still making me unhappy, and 
I started to realize like I'm not going the right way about this um, and I really want to start making things better. Um, soon after this I became pregnant and it really started to change my life. I quit modeling, I cut off friends that I should have done a very long time ago and I really started to actually get to know God that, because I wanted to, not because he was just convenient and around me. Um, I was battling with depression and anxiety and hadn't dealt with a lot of my issues from the past, but I started to open up more um, about how I felt and began to feel better about myself, but I still had a lot of issues. Um, I began to get a lot closer to God and I was fascinated by the words in church. Mum suggested that we go to Devoted this year and I thought it would be fun to learn more. Um, a few weeks before we went to Devoted, God actually spoke to me and he said, Devoted, you're going to have a chance to get prayed for. And this will be the beginning of me actually getting better. Um, so when we were at Devoted, sure enough, Jeremy got up and he was saying, who's battling with things you need to stand up and get prayed for? And I really didn't want to, but God gave me the strength to stand and go to the front. Um, so there was someone on the stage that was talking about mental health and she actually walked off the stage and walked past a lot of people and walked just straight to me and she spent a lot of time praying with me. Um, my emotion just like overflowed and just calmed down and then I could think clearly for the first time in 10 years. I didn't have anxiety or depression and still to this day, I haven't had any of that at all. Um, and it was then that I really understood everything that God did for me. I finally knew that Jesus died on the cross despite all my bad decisions. He loves me enough to go through that so I could be saved. There is no better way than to go through my life hand in hand with Jesus because it's his way, not my way. Um, I want to get baptised because this is what God asks that we do for him. And I want to publicly declare that I want to live my life for Jesus and thank him for setting me free. Absolutely wonderful, amazing, and beautifully, beautifully got through as well. Excellent. Chris, come, come forward. Uh, hello. I just thought I'd thank everyone for coming this morning to support me now and throughout my Christian journey to start off with. Uh, before I became a Christian, I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of, and, uh, but I've been going to church pretty much all my life, uh, Northgate before this one, but I've just never really made a commitment to God, and I've never really been that into reading my Bible or anything like that. And, uh, well, there's always been something that I've known that's... Well, I've always known that there's been something there, but my attitude's just been, I'll live life my way, see where that, where that gets me, and, but it's never really made me feel happy or complete. Uh, so for a while, I've been asking a few big questions about Christianity in, like, groups and stuff. Uh, but I just thought I should stop procrastinating, and it's definitely one of the best choices that I've made. So about a month ago, I stood up here and I prayed with some of the guys here uh, to become a Christian, and it was amazing. Uh, it says in Acts 2, 38, sorry, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this is why I want to be baptized. And since I've become a Christian, I've been reading my Bible, and praying on the train to work every day. Uh, I've, been, I've become a much happier person and my whole life has just been filled. The whole of my life has been filled. Uh, I've been praying. L last week, I went into work an hour earlier every morning and I sat down with Graham and we prayed. And uh, every morning I got pictures 
most of them were for me, but a couple of them have been for other people. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's absolutely mind-blowing to look forward to what path God takes me on. And I just want to thank you all again for coming and bearing witness to this. So thank you very much. It's been wonderful just to watch um, these guys grow and just, just their love for Jesus has been very evident um, and their, their desire to, to serve him. And, um, and this is an, a very obvious next step is, is to be baptized, of course, and to, to make that really public. So again, we do want to thank you guys all for coming, for friends, for family, um, for being around Ovely Church and church members as well for, for being here. Um, I want to just very, in two seconds, well, not take me a bit more than two seconds, but very quickly just describe for those of you who are not familiar what, what this is about. We've seen a dedication. This is baptism. Um, and baptism is seen in many different types of churches. Most of you have been to christenings um, or to, these, to babies being sprinkled with water. We don't do that here. You've got it already, okay? Um, in contrast, we believe the Bible teaches that baptism is only for those who have already responded to faith in Jesus. So baptism itself is not, um, does not save anyone. Only Jesus can do that. But it is a powerful sign. It's a declaration of saving faith. The Greek word baptismal means to plunge, to dip, to immerse. And it means lots of water is going to be involved in that. And the expectation of that word is these people are going to get very, very wet in the process, completely immersed underwater. If you read the New Testament, you will see examples of this. They would actually go down to the local river and they would use the water there. No sprinkling was involved. It was complete immersion under the water. But there's nothing magical about the amount of water that's being used. But it is significant in what the water itself represents. Water baptism is a picture of joining with Jesus in his burial and in his resurrection. So in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, Paul describes in one sentence what it means to, to know Jesus. It writes, he writes this, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him in, by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So as you're going to see in a moment, Demi and Chris will go under the water just for a few seconds. It is lovely and warm in there, by the way, which is a real treat. Um, and this is a public picture of dying with Christ, bearing our sins with him. Then when we come then when they come back up again, it represents sharing in the resurrection of Jesus. Our sins stay buried and we are made alive. So in being baptized, it's a very clear demonstration that we want to be cut off from the grip that sin has over us. So who should be baptized? Simply this. Baptism is for those who have realized that they need Jesus and that they want to follow him. This is simply an act of obedience. So we're going to see it. Yeah. Right, Demi. Well, on confession of your faith, which was said with great passion, we uh, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Chris. In the, we baptize you on the confession of your faith, which you've very, very put together very well at the front. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wonderful.